Gallery Wrestling Podcast. The show contains objectionable language. Listener discretion is advised. What? 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 You want my comments? What? 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 Hmm, your ideas are intriguing to me, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast, Unhinged Edition. Sorry that we weren't around last week. Um, you know, life hits you so hard, it hits you like a fake virus. And also, sometimes it just hits you with social media stuff. But with that, we are back, Unhinged. New type of show today because we got a new addition to the family. And that is Clay, partner of crime. He will be doing NXT with me and AEW. I'll kind of make this like a Wednesday night war. But as you know, it'd be dropping on Friday morning. So, Clay, welcome to the family. Man, thanks for having me. It's been uh, been kind of exciting to talk about this since we uh, got into conversations about doing this kind of show. Um, always loved podcasts and just wanted to get my voice heard about these kind of topics. So. Let's get it rolling, man. Well, it's unhinged, so if you want to go on the rant on certain subjects, you're you're willing to go. I'll let you go. I don't care. If you listen to the other podcasts we do, you know how I go on rants. Um, but, of course, ladies and gentlemen, remember to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on Anchor, YouTube, and Twitter. Please do it. Share it. Let our voices be heard because we're not a review podcast. We are a debate podcast. We like to talk about the shows. And let's get into the topics for the Wednesday Night Wars AEW. The reason why I'm taking over AEW is because they're in my hometown in Duval, right across the street, basically about two miles. But the three nights or three events that happened that were key for AEW this past Wednesday night uh, were kind of different. Not really, you know, not stunning. Uh, FTR made their debut in the ring. I know they made their debut last week or two weeks ago as they came in to break up a uh, brawl with Butcher and Blade and the Young Bucks. But they made their debut in the ring today or this Wednesday night, and they defeated Butcher and Blade. Butcher and Blade are a independent powerhouse. They've gone to New Japan, uh, Major League Wrestling. NWA, ROH, they've been around the block and they've just settled here in the AEW. Uh, FTR, if you do remember who they are, they are from uh, WWE. Um, and they pretty much quit or left the company because they didn't want to turn into Flavor Flav type characters because they wanted to be in a tag team division. They defeated them on Dynamite, defeated Butcher and Blade, that is, and pretty much made a statement that they are here for a reason. They got the mics and say that this is the reason why we came here. This is the reason why we're here. And all of a sudden, the Young Bucks show up. At Matt and Nick Jackson show up and uh, properly introduced to FTR. If you guys watched BTE, which is the Young Bucks' uh, show, uh, they've been talking about the revival or the revolt or now the, the revolution, as they're being called. This has been a secret backdoor type of rivalry for the last couple of years honestly and it all started with cody Rhodes saying f the revival wait a minute i can say the real world here fuck the revival uh on the show for about two about two years and finally we get that chance to see it at AEW. unfortunately AEW is going to tease it maybe for fighter fest maybe not fighter fest is in two weeks it's gonna be a two-night event 
because of the pandemic that's going on around the world, or well, I'm not going to get there. That's a different podcast. Um, but it's nice to see uh, FTR in an AEW because that makes AEW better tag team division. Me and my buddy Carlos from the um, Wednesday War Room and Sunday Night Run- uh, Sunday Sunday Rundown, we both debated that AEW has the best tag team division. And with FTR there, they make a statement. And with the the underlining rivalry they have with the Butcher and Blade and with the Young Bucks, it looks like it's going to be a nice feud developing for Fighter Fest here in two weeks. Now, Clay, I know you don't watch AEW. You're more of NXT. So this is what makes our podcast very unique. I watch more AEW than you, and you watch more NXT than me. Uh, what are your thoughts about FTR or the revolution that they were in? The WWE, and they're also former NXT tag team champions. They came from NXT, but now they're in AEW. Yeah, it's kind of funny you say that. Um, the last little memory I have of the brief, what are I mean, I don't even know what they are anymore. They they have 500 different names to go with, but uh, the, my last little uh, memory of them from NXT was when American Alpha basically pinned them to the mat and were to never be seen again, because I missed the episode where they came back. For that one-off, I can't remember who they're facing, but that doesn't matter anymore because they're gone. <laughs> Why? Are you a little sad that they left the WWE? Oh no, I'm kind of glad. Good, happy for them. You know, they always, always, I'm always happy when people can, you know, do what they want to do in their wrestling, you know, journey. If they're not happy in WWE, you know, I hate well, when people, they were underused in the WWE. Exactly. You know, that, that's they, they they don't have the they don't have the body to build that you know certain people in the organization really care for you know but their base is you know you know tag team wrestling that's what they want to go off of and you know hopefully AEW uses them right. Well, AEW so far has made a a point to introduce them as the new threat in the division, and AEW's tag team division is stacked. There are some good teams, uh, of course, led by the Young Bucks. One thing that AEW is good at is building up storylines that are unique to characters or wrestlers who were thrown away by the WWE. This next topic is Cole Cabana, who never really set foot in the WWE, but he is a famous wrestler from Chicago, good friends with CM Punk. Back in the day, not good friends anymore. Cole Cabana (laughs) is on a losing streak. um, Not as bad as Curtis' actual type of losing streak. Uh, He's lost, I think, four in a row. But since this losing streak, the Dark Order, who is a faction of like nine guys or no, ten guys, pretty much offered him a position to join the Dark Order because of his losing streak. Uh, during last uh, Wednesday night's match, Cole Cabana def- uh, lost to Sammy Guevara, who is a rising superstar in the industry. Uh, Chris Jericho has basically took him under his wing, and Cole Cabana lost. And at the end of the match, Cole Cabana then gets approached by Brody Lee. For most of you who don't know who Brody Lee is, if you're not watching AEW, Brody Lee is the other. I know the you know Harper. Exactly. I was waiting for you to say Luke Harper. I was like, I'm going to see if you know who it is. Uh, Brody Lee, as you know, is a – actually, he's one of the top – top um, in the ring. I think he's third in the rankings in the AEW Championship Tournament. Uh, came to the ring, helped Cole Cabana up, then left the ring. 
and Cole Cabana had no idea what was going on, but followed the Dark Order into the locker room. Does this mean that Cole Cabana will join the Dark Order? Um, really don't know, but it's kind of interesting how Cole Cabana's that smiley. You know, he's energetic. He's always in a positive mood. Go with a faction like the Dark Order, who are heel factions. I don't recall or remember Cole Cabana being a heel in any of his stops in his career. And then again, he's 42 years old, 41 years old, so he's been wrestling longer than I've been watching wrestling. Um, so there could be some interesting twists in there. But with Colt Cabana doing this and his losing streak, it just tells you how the AEW is allowing wrestlers have that been thrown to the side by the major corp, major wrestling uh, industry, which is WWE, and learning how to build their own characters like you see Burley Lee. Burley, in my opinion, is when he was with the White family, WWE was very underused. And W and Vince McMahon said, we, we need you to talk Southerner from a guy who lives in Rochester, New York. That's pretty hard. Um, but if you've been following the AEW, Cole Cabana has been that energetic guy. And, Dar- and Burley has been that, you know, Undertaker-ish type of character in AEW. So, and Cole, um, Clay, who do you think? Is Cole Cabana going to join Dark Order, or is this just a setup to maybe a confrontation between the two, which is going to be pretty interesting, seeing that he'd be outnumbered 10 to 1 at uh, the next pay-per-view or special event for AEW? Now, when you say Dark Order, everybody kind of thinks, oh, you know, they're kind of dark, kind of gruesome kind of type of guys. What would you do with this flamboyant, smiley, you know, thumbs up kind of guy? I think that could be a good wrinkle into a, a kind of a faction like that, where it kind of throws everybody for a loop every week, what they're going to use Colt Cabana for, you know, to be kind of a sidekick to Brody Lee, who I just want to say real quick is actually the most underutilized wrestler in WWE history in my mind almost. So we'll go with that for that little part of our discussion. Yeah, it's a very – I just got a text message I didn't expect, but anyways, uh, yeah, he is. That's correct. It'd be kind of interesting. It's like having Kane join DX back in the day in the WWE. Like, really? Right. Um, why? <laughs> okay, let's see how it goes. And Colgan could be that type of, you know, character. If you watched him over his career, he's been the same guy the whole time. I don't think he's ever changed. It'd be unique. But one thing that is unique is the TNT Championship. And today, which is uh, June 11th, 2020, is the fifth year anniversary of Dusty Rhodes' uh, passing. And we do have a connection with Dusty Rhodes in the AEW and NXT. Uh, of course, Cody is his son, and Dustin is in the AEW as well. He is formerly, if you've watched him in other league, uh, wrestling faction, he's Goldust, creepy character back in the day. But with the passing of the man himself... Cody defends his TNT championship this past Wednesday night against a half member of the private party, uh, Mark A. Quinn, in the main event. That was an actually very entertaining match, told a good storyline. But what was really big was Jake Hager, uh, the, one of the most underutilized wrestlers to ever be in the WWE, who is also Jack Swagger. We the people. Such a stupid gimmick. Uh, Jake uh, Hager, after the match, attacks Arn Anderson and Cody and pretty much – like causes uh, chaos. Matt Hardy and the rest of the private party come out 
and you know help Cody Rhodes out. So it's four on one. Then you know Hager runs off at the, at the back. Then the inner circle returns and you know brawls again at the end of the pay per view. But what was key is that we finally see the second match announced for I think they're going to do like what the WWE did for WrestleMania. One night the main event will be the Universal Title, and one night the main event will be the WWE Championship. So. We will have Cody versus Jake Hager for the TNT Championship at Firefest. I have no idea what night it will be on. And seeing that, we already see that uh, Brian Cage and John Moxley for the AEW Championship. So we got our two main events for our two, or for our two nights. But what I like about this is Jake Hager has been on a uh, brutal streak as an individual. I'm not talking about when he did the uh, stadium stampede match at double or nothing, which in my opinion was one of the most epic events I've seen. It was entertaining. It was funny and seeing how they, you know, implemented football references. And plus you seen Jackson Deville uh, get knocked out by Chris Jericho. You see the bell being used. It's pretty unique for a person who's been in that stadium thousands of times. I knew exactly where there were, what section they were in. Sam Guevara took a big bump behind literally three seats from three rows from where I sit at Jaguar game. So I, it was pretty entertaining for me to watch this, but with Jake Hager, like we talked about Brody Lee, one of the most underutilized wrestlers in the WWE. Now that he is in AEW, he's getting a title shot, kind of intriguing how they're making this story to be built. I don't like how Cody's being that, what we like to call the fighting champion because fighting champions don't hold their belts long. We've seen the WWE countless of times with John Cena, with Jinder Mahal, with AJ Styles, with MVP. We saw these fighting champions, or Apollo Crews right now as well. We see these fighting champions, and it'll go maybe two to three weeks for them defending the title. Then they'll lose it. And uh, sometimes if you want to be a good champion, you got to be a little heelish. You want to be like, hey, I'm not going to fight tonight. I'm going to keep my belt. So – it's interesting how they got Jake Hager coming in this match. As you know, the inner circle is a group of uh, you got John, uh, not Chris Jericho, you got Sammy Cavaro, and you got Proud and Powerful, uh, Santana and Ortiz, and Jake Hager. It's a good freaking uh, faction, and they all have potentials of being the tag team champions in TNT or the AEW Championship. Chris Jericho was the first AEW champion, um, but having Jake Hager make this appearance and have this uh, altercation with uh, Cody really signifies that the AEW is trying to keep its main roster, upper top roster, or top tier guys in the title pitchers constantly like Bro, Bro Lee a couple of weeks ago for the AEW championship. Now Jake Hager for the TNT. It's, it you know, builds up good story arcs. Yes. I know there's MJF and you got the jungle boy who are on the rise, but unfortunately, I do believe as a wrestling fan, you want to have your main card guys, the Jake Hagers, the John Moxley's, the Cody Rhodes, um, Dustin Rhodes, the big names of your company to always stay in that title shot picture because you're still, yes, AEW still consider a young company. It's only been around about a year and a couple of months, but you still want in the big names, the big guys who are making the big money to be in the title um, pitchers. And for that, I think it's a good matchup. I saw the Jake Hager versus John Moxley match about a month ago was, I think, too rushed because it's just like, hey, here's a match next week for the title. Okay, that's it. That was it. Mm-hmm. Empty stadium match. But now we actually were two, three weeks away from Fighter Fest, so we actually will see a storyline developing. And Jake Hager, in my opinion, has an up-and-coming guy, and I do think him, he himself, is a future AEW champion, just not TNT champion. So, Let, if me, you, throw this, let me throw this at you real quick. Go ahead. Before we keep going, 
you agree that Inner Circle is the biggest faction in AEW right now, right? Or is it Dark Order? Uh, it's Inner Circle. It's, you got Chris Jericho. Right. What do you think is missing from their group? Do you feel like there's anything missing from their group? What? Uh, you got the tag team. You got the bruiser. You got the leader. You got the high flyer. Is Jake uh, Hager really that much of a bruiser, though? Do you do you yourself see Jake Hager as this dominant bruiser force? No offense to Jake Hager. Well, Jake Hager. Now, problem is when I see Jake Hager, I don't see Jake Hager. I see Jack Swagger. Because right. his movesets are still the same when he was in the WWE. Yes. Um, but let me th- let me throw this at you real quick. So Moxley is facing Brian Cage for the AD- AEW Championship. Yes. What would happen if the Dynamite following their match, Brian Cage comes out with the title after he beats John Moxley because there needs to be a change. It's just getting a little too old with Moxley. He comes out with Taz, and then all of a sudden you hear Fozzie come on the the Titantron. What if Chris Jericho recruits Brian Cage and Taz to be part of the inner circle? I'll be what do you un- feel about that? I'll be unique, but for me, I, when I see Taz and Brian Cage, it screams AEW's version of Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Let me. This is this is what I was going to compare it to. If you have Brian Cage and Chris Jericho, and then you got Sammy Guevara as the young and up and comer guy, this is just minus the tag team. This would be AEW's version of Evolution. You have Brian Cage as the big muscle guy, Batista, Chris Jericho as that leader, Triple H, and uh, Triple H. You know, there's no Ric Flair in the group, which is fine. You know, you don't and need Sammy Guevara be the Randy Orton. Right. You can bring him up. And then you also, you know, you have your tag team there to keep going with them. And you also have Jake Hager. So I like I like six man factions. I, I could see that happening. Well, there is a rumor that AEW is thinking about having a six man tag team belt, which if we're literally I want when I heard that rumor, I was like, are we just going to copy everything that WCW did? Right. Because basically that's what TNT or what. uh AEW is doing. They're copying what WCW did, and we've seen what WCW did. They only lasted, what, 12, 15 years before they folded because they couldn't keep up. Well, then again, they did hire a bunch of old-time WWE wrestlers or WWF wrestlers back then, and pretty much time just you know got, caught up with them. Um, but it'd be but interesting. But that's interesting kind of what AEW is doing right now, though, aren't they? No, they're not going after the old-timers, though. That's true. I got I see what you're saying on that. Point. They're not. They're not. They're not going after a 45-year-old old Hulk Hogan and right. a 45-year-old Macho Man Randy Savage and Steiner, who's 50 years old and on steroids. Yeah, this isn't 2013 Impact Wrestling, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Jericho's 50 years old. Yes, or 49. But Jake Hager's what mid 30s. Cody yeah. Rhodes is in his mid 30s. Chris Jericho's. Chris Jericho is the exception. Chris Jericho will be like Ric Flair wrestling into his 60s and still being able to do it at the top of his game. Yeah, but Chris Jericho is going to be a commentator, in my opinion. He's going to be behind the booth pretty soon, which he did a lot this past he Wednesday did. night. And he during just has this, to stop yelling. 
Well, that's Chris Jericho for you. He's still playing. He's still when he's doing the commentary, he's doing his character. But if you listen to his podcast, he's mellow oh, as hell. His, his podcast, podcast is, is fantastic. He sounds like he's stoned all the time. Well, he does talk about CBD oil and DDP yoga and Omaha steaks. Uh, how many other? Uh, it's just crazy. They're, his last podcast with him in the inner circle actually was very entertaining. Uh, didn't realize he took a bump at double or nothing with the uh, field goal kicking net. Apparently, it stabbed him in the chest, um, which was, uh, you know, very interesting for him to say something like that. I, so, ooh, I do remember. I do remember seeing that part now. I think it was right before they went into the booth, into the, uh, into the yeah. tent. Yeah, that's before he challenged it. <laughs> but with that, I, I, I just have to say that was a great. That was a great match, you know. Because oh, I'm yeah. also, I'm also for people that don't know, I am also from the 904 Duval County. Uh, really, the 904 Duval County? Really? You gotta say it with some, you know, put some, you know, put some hair on your chest when you say it. You got I'm from Duval, baby. Hey, that's my quarantine version of Duval right now. When we get out of this quarantine, <laughs> you, you'll really feel the excitement. <laughs> quarantine, okay. But anyways. <laughs> The Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast Unhinged is presented by PWNewsroom.com. PWNewsroom.com is your official number one freelance wrestling source websites, articles, podcasts, and blogs, and much more. That is PWNewsroom.com. Now, let's and with that little notification, that means one thing. Let's get with Clay to talk about NXT. Man, did we have a show last night. I know we only got beat by a a few a few margin error uh, in the rankings last night uh, against AEW, but I thought it was one of the better shows in the last month. We uh, started off with a uh, skit from Adam Cole with the rest of his undisputed era cronies that just seem to always mess up all his matches. Uh, but the bright side was. Dexter Loomis basically haunting Roderick Strong all the way through the montage and the promo and just kept haunting him throughout the night. And I just think that's great just to have some, you know, lunatic just kind of wandering around backstage, basically harassing all the wrestlers. That's well, you got Adam Cole, um, which just defeated Valentine Dream at uh, In Your House, and recently just recently signed. For me, Adam Cole, I don't want to say it, but he needs to be on SmackDown or Raw. I think his time at NXT is up, but as an AEW champ, I mean, excuse me, NXT champion for one solid year, I think he dis- I think he, yeah, I think he broke the record already. I think he has it. I think he's the he longest. Did. Yeah, so. He um, did. Uh, I believe it was either last week or the week before. He uh, he got the record for being the longest training champion because they had a little celebration for him, and I think that was also interrupted by Dexter Lemus himself. So that was interesting to see. Well, Dexter Lemus likes to you know drive, do a little drive-by pickup, throw you in the back, and haul ass. That was kind of funny what he did with the uh, undisputed era at in your house. That was unique. Uh, but. The, the guy is awesome. I've seen him at an NXT house show. They went on third. I don't know how he snuck under the ring, whether he was under there before the show started, but his match started. I don't know. I can't remember who he was wrestling, 
but he was under the mat the whole time and then just pops out and just is right. I, he was right in front of me. And I'm like, have you been sitting there the whole time? It's crazy how long they stay under there for. Uh, it's a, it's, uh, it's the same thing with Bray Wyatt who has a fiend. I remember watching mm-hmm. SmackDown one night and he was in that in in the freaking ring the whole show, the whole two hours. And we do know how the WWE likes to draw out shows. And if someone can right. sit in under the ring for two hours, I wonder what they do down there. Just lay there and you know text or or is there a trap door down there? Um, but I don't know. It's just it's 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 funny how you mentioned that because we've seen the past Undertaker come through the ring. Uh, well, Undertaker was notorious doing that because when the lights went out, he wasn't there. The lights come back on, he's there. You know he's under the ring. Uh, I know Randy Orton does it. Does it bleh, bleh, speak English. Randy Orton did it a couple of times, r- coming out of the ring, doing RKO, then leaving like RKO out of nowhere. Um, that's just, in my opinion, a lot of heels do that. And for characters that are trying to be a massive force, uh, that's usually a good thing to do. Um, but I really don't think if we're having to start to see a feud between Cole and Loomis, it's going to be, in my opinion, these snatch and grab type of skit needs to stop. And we need to see this one on one collision right off the bat, because uh, I do believe that even though M. Cole is the champion, I me personally, I think there is someone else on the roster that deserves the NXT championship more than Adam Cole, even though he's had it for a year. And um, that guy, unfortunately, already has a belt. And and one guy that I love from the NXT is Keith Lee. So I think Keith Lee deserves a shot at the big belt on NXT. But, hey, I'm not the one who does a script. That's Triple H in the background. He's the one that makes the call, or HBK, whoever does the calls backstage. But... One thing I do got to agree with is Adam Cole has been a hell of a champion over the last year, and him and Valentine Dreams' his little feud over the last couple of months has been intriguing. And you know what Valentine's Dream situation in the backstage, uh, it's it you know, happens. Uh, we don't know if he's going to get called up or if he's staying down. I do believe the off the, uh, I almost said off the field, all the stuff that's happened backstage with the the, the alleged pitcher. I think that could have hurt his chances again on SmackDown or Raw. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Mr. Keith Lee, um, the next couple of weeks are going to be very exciting for him because during Finn Balor's match and after he won, he walks up to the camera and says, the only belt that I have not won in my career is the North American Championship. And he called Keith Lee out. And you know that's definitely going to lead to their next feud. And I cannot wait to see a what I call a six-star match from Keith Lee and Finn Balor. Yeah. Well, one of the reason why I fell in love with Keith Lee is at uh, the Royal Rumble. That's when I really oh, like. Fantastic. When he, when he went man-man to Brock Lesnar, I'm like, okay, yeah, he won. I got like it. Yeah, and... he, he, he really he really got me when uh, I'm not a big fan of this guy. But when Roman Reigns gave him a fist bump during the Survivor Series match, mm-hmm. that that put him over. That's when Keith Lee, the Keith Lee train has taken off and is not stopping. And right. it also helps him that, you know, his girlfriend is Mia Yim, and she's one of the up-and-coming superstars of the women division, and they're just a great couple that is uh, part of NXT right now. Wow, back in the day, Vince McMahon frowned upon wrestlers dating each other. Now it seems like they're all marrying each other now. Yeah. 
hey, this isn't Vince McMahon. This isn't Vince, Vince McMahon's company. This is Triple H's company. Uh, eh, that's the, the, the man who has feeded off of relationship. So yeah, he the, loves the relationship. Yeah, uh, the power couple that is. Right. Yeah, the power couple that is Def and Triple H. And he's he's kind of feeding that into um, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, which yeah. I think they I think they're on the the uh, verge of changing her name from Candice LeRae to Candice Gargano. Yeah, I think that's going to be because that's the because they're 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 actually a real couple in real life, aren't they? Yes, they they're uh, are they married? married? They are married. Keith okay, Lee so, and Mia Yim are not married. They are just dating and living together. Okay. But they are still a legitimate couple. All right. But speaking of uh, couples, I know they're not a couple, but they are together, and that's Karen Cross's little faction. One of the most interesting, in my opinion, one of the best introductions of a character I've seen by NXT in a long time. And his performance against Jimmy Gargano. So, no, it wasn't Jimmy Gar- Johnny Gargano. No, it wasn't. It, it was, it was uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa at in your house. Yes. That was actually a very good John- match. Johnny uh, Gargano's best man. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's good kicker right there. But uh, Karen Cross comes in. If you watch him in Impact or TNA, whatever the hell you want to call that company, he was top tier. Winning championship after championship, and I'm surprised NXT hasn't really changed his uh, ability, his actual character itself. It's basically just a name change, just slightly different, but he's still the dude that's from what he did at Impact. And what is your opinion, or what you think about this guy, and what is what what you think he's going to bring to NXT? Um, I'll I'll be honest with you, I didn't see much of him at Impact. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have the access channel, but I might have to now that Mrs. Deanna Perrazzo is on there, who is one of my favorite wrestlers and my daughter's favorite wrestler, because she was actually at a house show and helped my daughter in the bathroom because my daughter couldn't get the door open. So when she came out, I thought that was just fantastic. So shout out to Mrs. Deanna Perrazzo. Um, but the carrying cross situation, can we just call him what he is yeah. to me? I can't I can't call him Carrion. It just sounds weird. We're just going to be non politically correct right now and just call him Killer Cross because that's what he's going to do to every person in the NXT. He's just going to kill him and run through him. I've never seen somebody run through Tommaso Ciampa like that man did the other night. Yeah. Well, one thing we've seen about NXT, we saw you know big big beast like characters, Killer Cross. Keith Lee's not really like that. Uh, Adam Cole was somewhat a character like that, but he's not as the size of Cross. Uh, we've right. seen, you know, Moxley, not Moxley, uh, Dean Ambrose, uh, Reigns when they came up the ranks, Seth Rollins when they came up the ranks, Ben Balor when they came up the ranks. The NXT knows how to push these type of characters and push right. them through. I, I look at Cross. I don't see a guy who's going to be in NXT for long. No. I see a, I see him in there maybe six to eight months, get a quick get a rise to the top of NXT, get a championship, then boom, he's on SmackDown or he's on Raw confronting like a Seth Rollins or 
going on SmackDown, confronting like a Miz or something like that instantly. Um, because this day and age, when you have another company that's competing with the same type of talent, you have to right. keep your main brand shows fresh because we have seen the ratings from both Raw and SmackDown suffer because of it. And Cross is that type of character, and, uh, and Cole is that type of character, Team Dream, Jenny Gargano. Those are the next up-and-comers, and the WWE needs to make a decision – how mm-hmm. to bring them up? Yes, the bro went to SmackDown. Okay, whoop de doo. Um, he didn't really want her. He's got called up SmackDown. I'm like, okay, yeah. I think Valentine would have got a better reaction by the fans and social media. But again, again, we there's no fans in the stands. Yes, you got the performance center duo yeah. in the ground, but that is so freaking generic type of celebrations. Like you're watching the freaking video game. It's like cheer for, it's here for the good guys and boo the bad guys. Like really, that's not what a WWE crowd sounds like or an AEW crowd. It's like what NFL has said they might do on broadcast, where they, you know, basically you put a fake pipe in a fake crowd. It's it's it, you know, it's better than having no no you know no crowd. But half of these wrestlers don't like the other wrestlers, so seeing their fake reactions is kind of hilarious. You know, there's one. There's one little girl. I can't remember her name. She's super up and coming. And uh, she has a little buzz there, man. Uh, yeah. She's a little up and coming wrestler. She bangs on the windows. She is trying to sell, sell, sell herself. And this little sweetheart just needs to kind of just back it down. She's kind of over excessive with it. But other than that, I, I enjoy having a little bit of a crowd. They're better on Raw and SmackDown. The NXT, I think by when it comes to uh, the NXT tapings... I think they're kind of beat up with it, so we'll, well see how it goes yeah. going forward. But AEW, in my opinion, has they were the first ones to do it, and they have it's more it feels more realistic in AEW because you have a heel side and you have a face side of the crowd, and they both you know interact with each other. It's very entertaining, and I just Raw and you know who they are. You know who they are. Like if yeah. you if you if you're AEW watcher, um, you know fan, who they are. I, I even know who they are. I don't yeah. watch AEW that much. You, you see Brandy sometimes. Heck, what was it last night? You saw um, Mrs. Adam Cole sitting in the back of a freaking uh, Gator uh, ATV. It, it's yeah. the role model, okay? That's Dr. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. When I found out hey, she was geez. married, technically, to uh, Adam Cole, I was like, yeah, that's uh, going to be a hard competition to go up against. She, she, she's the future Mrs. Adam Cole. But it's almost a done deal. Oh, basically, yeah. I, you know, you know, it's coming soon. Later. So we'll we'll, you know, we'll see when that comes. Yeah, but speaking of ladies and speaking of champions, uh, Leo Shirai won the NXT Championship over Charlotte Flair. Thank God she doesn't have a belt. It's been like she's on every freaking show. She's even on Saturday Night Live and on TV series. I'm glad she's – well, she's going to be on SmackDown on tomorrow night or Friday night, so great. Uh, but Io Shirai does a little celebration for NXT. Uh, I really – for me, my opinion about these celebration things, Oscar did one for hers for like two, two, two consecutive weeks. Like, Jesus, um, just move on. We know what's going to happen. You know you're going to get Nia Jax. But – with Io Shirai, I really was surprised that she actually won the triple threat at in your house. But mm. it's a celebration, and sometimes the NXT or the WWE, for that matter, loves to do these to build more face into their champion and to get more eyes on them. And sometimes these celebrations 
to the fans, in my opinion, when they get played on broadcasting television, they just go, oh, okay, whatever, click, and they switch the channel. And that's usually when they go to the other wrestling league. In your opinion, what do you think about this celebration? I think Io Shirai is fantastic. I think her celebration was great. What it did, what they did uh, at in your house during her celebration was basically um, pay honor to the uh, young lady that took her life. Um, I believe is uh, Hana Kamara. I believe is her name. I wasn't too fond of her, uh, but I heard about her situation. It, it's terribly sad. But the thing I have to praise the most for WWE, and they're getting really good at this, is that they are in this time of day putting wrestlers as champions that have different cultures. You have Asuka and Io Shirai now with Asian backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You have Keith Lee as the North American champion. Um, you can't, I mean, our truth, I mean, does 24-7 champion really count as a champion? I mean, that's kind of, uh, that's, kind more, of a gim- that's a yeah, gimmick, a, gimmick belt. Yeah. Um, uh, who's the women's champion over in, uh, AEW. Is that still Nyla Rose, or is that changed? Uh, that's he, uh, he, uh, Hikaru Shinda. Uh, Hikaru Shida? Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, Asian background. Look at, I mean, all the wrestling companies are using their culture more. It's not just the stigma of, you know, white wrestlers from back in the day where, you know, you never saw a black champion or an Asian champion. Times are changing, and I think it's fantastic for the way that our culture is going nowadays, you know, yeah. it's good. It's good for our children, you know, the children that are up and coming while watching wrestling to see these different types of champions. Me and Carlos uh, from the Ru- or War Room slash Rundown, we were talking about that subject on our last show about diversity, and we brought up topics like the New Day had a uh, podcast about Vince McMahon because apparently some during this time we have people on social media. I'm not going to get political with this. You know what? Uh, if you listen to our past podcasts, you know what I think of them. The, I call them the social media justice warriors. They were going after Vince McMahon for being a racist, saying that he doesn't give guys a clear opportunity. And uh, the New Day came out into his defense with, uh, as you know, Xavier Woods, uh, Big E, and Kofi Kingston came out. It's like, yo, that guy has gave me everything I've wanted here in the company. Uh, MVP made a statement, uh, was interviewed and talked about Vince McMahon, and and of course, uh, our truth made a statement about about how they don't appreciate Vince McMahon getting you know you know getting shot out because of this. But um, it's a very toxic time in our community. Wrestling community is also very toxic. Uh, also, if you go out there and you say something wrong, you get yelled at by people you don't even know, and they get mad at you for something that you. St- didn't really meant, mean to say, or you're joking, and it's very toxic. And seeing the WWE, even look at the WWE right now. You got Oscar as a champion, uh, Asian bubble, uh, almost sorry Bailey, Bailey a white champion. Uh, <laughs> Intercontinental titles could be either AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan, whatever. The Universal Champion is uh, Braun Strowman because Vince McMahon loves big white guys. And over on on Raw, you have. The uh, WWE champion is uh, Drew McIntyre, a uh, Scottish or Irish. I think he's Scottish. And the United States champion is Apollo Crews. And 
for oh, people. That's true. I forgot about him. Yeah, and Paul, uh, and people are going after and the tag teams. If I forgot the tag teams, you got the private party, not private party. Excuse me. Uh, the prime. I said I forgot the women's tag team. Oh geez, I forgot the tag team top, uh, champions in freaking Raw. Uh, Street Profits. Street Profits. Well, I think no, it's Crime Time players, whatever. Because um, you think of Crime Time with yeah. Chad Gaspar just passing away. Yeah. Uh, you got. I forgot SmackDown's tag team champions. It's. That's, isn't that the Miz? No. No, it's not the Miz. It's uh the New Day. There we go. Oh, that's right. They did win it back. When when that's when that tweet came out about how Vince was, you know, racist. You look at his uh his the champions. It's it's not if he's racist, it means every white person has a belt, and it's not true. Even the women's tag team champions is Sasha and Bailey. You got right there. It's it's a it opens your eyes where you see all these constant attacks by these social media people. To try to make themselves known, make themselves feel woke, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, the woke people. Yeah, you're just trying to cater yourself to another demographic who doesn't care about you. It's, to me, wrestling for during this time of the pandemic and during this time of what's going on with the social uh, social thing, wrestling has brought us back to what it was like to be you know, fans. It keeps you away from what's going on in the real world and that and for that i appreciate uh, i appreciate it and i don't like how these people are going after tony khan i don't like how they're going after triple h i don't like how they're going after vince mcmahon because they've been going on during this pandemic and you know calling everybody out but they for clearly forget that aw recorded six weeks of shows in three days wwe recorded i think three weeks of shows in two days so attacking the WWE for this, attacking the AAW for that, they said, oh, we're going to attack the company because they're racist. If you want to do something like that, please, please do your research, people. I really hate going after people on social media. Well, not my personal – my personal Twitter, I don't care. I'll go after you. I don't care. But our wrestling Twitter, I'm not going to do that because it's a toxic community. Just if you're going to attack a company, if you're going to attack their diversity in the company itself, do not just go throw crap on the wall because, you know, you're going Especially to miss. Tony Khan. I don't know why anybody would attack Tony Khan right now because if we're going to get about, you know, probably, you know, into the political discussion about Tony Khan. Um, one of the first NFL franchises, actually the first NFL franchise that came together and did a march was the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and got zero TV up, coverage. That got zero TV coverage compared to the Denver Broncos who did it, what, third? And they, you know, they blew them up all over the NFL network. Yeah. No, Tony Khan's organization, well, his dad, you know, they're both equal owners, I feel, um, had the coaches and some of the players lead a protest. A peaceful, peaceful protest to our um, sheriff's office, which is in the same kind of basically the same road in our yeah. downtown section. Yeah. So for that, uh, this is a wrestling podcast. We're not going to get into that situation. We're not going to get in that political talk. Um, but it just comes to show you that there's people out there that will just throw shit on the wall so they can just feel like they feel important. Right. And if, if you're going to do that. Do basic research. Don't look at social media and say, oh, look at that quote. Yeah, I completely understand it. And go say, oh, this is what he said. 
That's a quote. Did you read the actual essay or speech that he did? Yeah, you could take one sentence out of that and you you make up your own opinion. But if you listen to his whole speech, he may be talking about a completely different thing that you actually agree with and you feel like an ass because you see that you try and point out that he's an ass. Um, but with that, let's get this show on the road and get it done. So on AEW Unhinged, we're going to be doing – or excuse me. Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast Unhinged, one of Wednesday night battle slash Friday drop, whatever. It's dropping Friday morning. We're going to do Heels of the Week like we do on our two shows on Wednesday and Sundays. And my Heel of the Week for AEW is no other than a lot champion, Chris Jericho, because of his excellent top of the line championship caliber commentary and the brutal attack he did after that with the bat against Orange Cassidy, of course. A good heel always has a good weapon. Just look at Triple H with him and Sally back in the day. So my AEW heel of the week is Chris Jericho, a large champion. And now here is Clay with the NXT heel of the week. At first, I was going to go with Johnny Gargano for basically not saving his wife. But I'm going to change it up. We're going to go with El Hijo del Fantasma, who is now known as Santos Escobar. The two masked men that have been kidnapping everybody have now unmasked themselves to be Raul Mendoza and uh, Joaquin Wild, and they've joined forces with Santos Escobar and have now turned heel against Drake Maverick, and this is going to set up a great cruiserweight battle for the next coming few weeks, and that is my heel of the week. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we've been here for about 45 minutes. This is just the first go-ahead of the new uh, Wednesday night show that we, you know, Wednesday night battle or you know, Wednesday night war, brand wars, whatever. We will be recording this every Thursday. I'll be dropping on Friday mornings at 6 a.m. on Anchor, and um, won't be on YouTube. We might drop it on YouTube because we're different. Uh, you can watch on Anchor on YouTube and any podcast provider. So with that, follow us on social media at PWNSGWP. And you can follow my other co-host and partner crime, Carlos Wrestling Movie Guy, at Wrestling Movie G. And you can follow Clay at Clay Dotson on Twitter. With that, ladies and gentlemen, final words for the day. Be safe. Be clean. Don't be an ass. Be a good and citizen. Just, and just remember, we are NXT. <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh, dynamite, baby. We'll see you next week, folks. This is a copyright disclaimer. We do not own or have any affiliation with the WWE. This is just a fan-made show. And all musical credit for the intro go to Dance with the Dead. Please go support Dance with the Dead and the WWE. <laughs>